Welcome to the Sexy Selfish Podcast Series. I'm your host, Shona Gates. I'm a women's life coach, success strategist, and a self-proclaimed badass. And I'm here to help you rediscover your authentic self, stop delaying your happiness, and step into your truth. This podcast has been created to connect, inspire, and nurture mums who want more. Are you ready? Okay, guys, welcome to today's episode of the podcast. I've been putting this off. There is so much noise going on outside my house, but I'm just going to do it anyway. I'm going to do it anyway. And if there's a little bit of background leaf blower noise, y'all can blame my neighbors, right? They're in isolation. I get it. They're getting all those jobs done that you just don't seem to have time to do normally, but it's loud. All right. Anyway, let's dive into today's topic. Let's talk about debt, baby. And I always use that title because it's like, let's talk about debt, baby. (laughs) That's what I think of because I want to try and make debt a little bit more fun to talk about because no one wants to talk about it. And if we do, it seems like there's so much baggage around debt. There's so many hangups that we have, so many beliefs, so much stigma attached to debt. So we're going to talk about that and break that all down today. I talk about it in my book, Goodbye Money Guilt. We work on it in Sexy Selfishly and we definitely touch on it in Abundant as Fuck School. So if this topic is resonating with you, if you're feeling a little triggered, there is more help available, right? So let's talk about debt and this limiting, I believe, that we have that all debt is bad. And that every single person on this planet should strive to be debt free. And about how if you have debt, that somehow makes you less worthy, less morally right, less of a good person, right? There's this stigma that if you have debt, you're a bad person. You're an irresponsible person. You're an impulsive person. And let's just like call that out as the bullshit that it is, right? This belief is so common. It's almost at like pandemic proportion. Right? I'm going to say it because like nearly everyone I've ever spoken to in my entire life has a toxic relationship with debt. And I not, don't mean in the way that we usually perceive as they keep going into debt, but in like their actual idea and feelings and emotions and relationship with debt is fucking toxic, right? So buckle up bitches because this topic is getting a little bit bumpy, right? The idea that debt is bad was so intrinsically wound into the fabric of who I used to be. And it was what I believed. And it was my foundation for everything. And that has been one of my hardest beliefs to let go. And it actually happened for me when I finally felt free of this belief was when we sold our old house before we'd bought our new house. If you guys know my homeless story around my house stuff, there was about two month period where we had sold our old house and we didn't have anywhere to go. So we were couch surfing between family members with our three kids. It was, it was a really full on time, but that's when I realized like I had shit tons of money in my bank. I had no debt to my name and it didn't change who I was. And it didn't make me feel any more morally right. And it didn't make me a better person or a better friend or a better wife or a better mother. It was just a fact that at that point in time, we didn't have any debt. And it didn't change anything about me and who I was, right? 
So that's just where I want to like get to. That's that my past is a really toxic relationship with debt. I've been completely debt free. Currently we have a mortgage. Obviously most people have a mortgage. Um, but I don't let it mean something about myself, right? It was my hardest belief to let go of though, because my entire belief system around really everything in the world stemmed from this place that debt is bad. So to be a good person, I must have no debt. And it becomes impossible to ever reach that benchmark for goodness. That's why we can get to this point where we're super successful. Our businesses are running well. We're, we're engaged with our kids. We're mindful parent. We're doing all the right things and we're ticking all the boxes we should be. But because we have this mortgage over our head, we still feel like it's never going to be enough. Right. And then I, what I see happen <laughs> is some friends and some clients have got to that point where they're debt free. They're mortgage free and they realize that it doesn't make a fucking difference and they're still miserable. <laughs> Or it doesn't make a difference and they're still just as happy as they always were, right? So when you have this debt-free hanging over you as your benchmark for goodness, really that all that does is makes it impossible for you to ever hit that goal. Now, does this mean that I am recommending you go out and buy that hot new 200k Range Rover that's on your dream board? Because it's okay. The chick from that podcast said that debt is okay. Um, no. Not really. It's not, it's not what I'm saying. But I am saying that we need to check our attitude around debt. This is a conversation I have with my kids all the time. I'm not like, you don't you disrespect me or don't you roll your eyes at me. It's just like, check your attitude right now. Check where that is coming from. Check what you are projecting on me. You're okay to feel what you need to feel. But if you start like projecting that onto someone else, that's not okay. Check your attitude, right? So we're going to check our attitude around debt. Okay. So that we can create a healthy perspective around it. That's what I'm saying. Don't go by the Lambo because I said debt was okay, but let's reframe and put into perspective the debt that we do have, the choices we've made around debt in the past and any debt we might go into in the future. Let's create some healthy habits around that now so that we can actually survive this, right? Without making some measure of good or bad from how much debt we're in. Okay, so my parents believed that paying off debt as fast as possible was the key, which is impressive. It really is. Like when I look at everything they've achieved, they don't have debt currently. They own two properties. They've done really well for themselves, right? And they had this belief, you know, back in the 1970s, late 1970s, early 1980s, where you, you know, you could pay off a house <laughs> on one and a half incomes. That was a totally realistic goal. It's not a very realistic goal anymore, right? So my parents believe in paying off debt as fast as possible. It's impressive. And I'm so glad that they now have a life of freedom and choice without mortgages or car payments hanging over their head. I am. I'm so grateful for that for them. However, a life without debt is not realistic for so many of us, for our generation, for the next gen. Like it's just not a reality, right? It's not. And you know, it's really, really hard for us to acknowledge that. And for so long, every time I looked at my debt, which was, which honestly is tiny compared to many other people I know, we do not have a lot of debt to be really honest. Um, you know, we haven't maxed everything out. We don't have car loans. There's, there's certain things that we don't have. So our debt in comparison to others is tiny. I get it. But every time I looked at it, I still, felt like a massive fucking failure. The more debt I had, the worse I felt. The worse I felt, 
the more I struggled to attract and keep and grow money and do all of the things that I was trying to do with changing my relationship with wealth and manifesting more money and earning more, right? And because of that cycle, I ended up in more debt, which in turn kept the cycle going. That's how a cycle works. But slowly, very slowly, the more I read and the more I learned and the more I tried out new belief systems, you know, like, like trying on jumpers, going clothes shopping, I just try things on. Does this fit right? Does this feel comfortable for me? Is this flattering for me? Do I like how I feel with it? It's the same with trying on new beliefs, trying on new thought processes, trying on new ways to look at the world and seeing what works for you, what fits for you, what do you like? The more I tried out new belief systems, I realized that one of the very stark differences between broke bitches and winning and wealthy women was how they viewed debt. All right, my friends, and I have friends who are worth millions. They weren't afraid of debt the way my friends who made 40K a year were. This is this huge shift that happened for me, right? So when I asked my friends who made a million dollars, last financial year, million dollar friends, how much debt are you guys in? And does it scare you? She honestly told me, Shona, it's good debt. It's debt that makes us money. And if I was ever scared of debt, I would have never taken on the debt that has allowed us to build what we have today. Debt isn't scary. Debt isn't bad. It's the intention of your debt that matters. And you can't grow and be scared of taking risks. It doesn't match up. And (laughs) they were right. They were absolutely right. And some mentors and some money teachers share about good debt and bad debt. Good debt being things that make you money and can be considered an asset like an investment property, business education loans, etc. You know, and then the bad debt they define as anything the opposite of that. A burden takes money rather than makes money. So boats, cars, the home you live in, travel loans, handbags, new tits, whatever it is. This mindset with the good and bad debt, it has some merit to it. I do teach it in abundance as fuck. It is important to know what type of debt will make you money and what type of debt will take your money, right? It, that is important to know. But that mindset is also how the super rich do it, right? And I'm not talking about like greedy, toxic, nasty billionaires going to space just because they fucking feel like it. I'm talking about like women making 400K a year, women making 1.2 million a year, right? They figure out how to take $1, and turn that $1 into 10. If you can figure out how to turn $1 into 10, and then you can figure out how to scale that, nothing can stop you, right? Except your own ethics and alignments. So while this is a great way to educate people about different types of debt and encourages people to collect assets to build wealth, which is important, right? Speak to any financial advisor and they will encourage you to build wealth assets after you have the foundation set right, which is a whole nother podcast, right? I don't believe, I sorry, I do believe that labeling debt as good or bad, which once again coming to that toxic morality, can be just as damaging, right? It's like how we know that if we label chocolate bars a bad food and you're not allowed to have it, you always want it a hundred times more, right? So the more we attach that desperate and forceful energy of good versus bad to money in any way, shape or form, we are instantly pushing money away from us for so long. And and guys, like so long, no matter what I did, my credit card was maxed out. 
It always does. Like I'd read the finance books. I have done the budgeting symptoms. I had like symptoms, systems. I had all my little cash envelopes, right? I did all the stuff. I did everything. Every book is meant to ever tell you that you're ever meant to fucking do. And I was determined to get rid of all my credit cards for good because debt was wrong, right? And I was a dirty, wrong, horrible person for having credit card debt. And every time I checked my accounts, I felt gross. And every time I got a credit card statement, I would punish myself about worrying about it for weeks. And I would scrimp and save to pay off some of the debt. And I'd feel so relieved to see it going down. And yet the next month, the kids would need dental work. Our electricity would be unexpectedly higher. My car would need new tires. And suddenly the car ended up, the card ended up maxed out again. And so the cycle just continued in this this toxic loop. And the worse my anxiety got, however, the more I dove into money mindset work, when I started to really reframe how I perceived debt as a choice, seeing debt as a privilege instead of this dirty thing, suddenly I manifested out of the blue the exact amount I needed to pay off the two credit cards I had and close them for good. Like I'd been trying to do this for 18 months, right? I'd started to get the letters, like, please pay your credit card now. Please pay your credit card. The letters had started to come. And then I manifested out of the fucking blue and completely unexpected enough money to pay off all my credit card debt for good. The belief system that debt is terrible and is keeping us small and stuck. I mean, sorry, no, the belief system that debt is terrible that is what is keeping us small and stuck. That is what is keeping us in this cycle, right? And it's keeping us in a cycle of accumulating more debt or stuck in the same place because we're so scared of having any debt that we won't make any temporary sacrifice or any temporary risk for a long-term gain, right? So to move forward and create massive wealth, freedom and choice, we have to reframe our ideas around debt. I'm going to say this. I'm going to say it super clear. So sit the fuck up and pay attention. Debt is not the devil. One more time for the people in the back. Debt is not the devil. Paying interest doesn't mean you're an idiot. Being debt free isn't everyone's goal, nor should it be. And debt is not good or bad. Debt is just a choice to pay something off over time instead of upfront. I'm going to repeat that one for the people in the cheap seats. Debt is not good or bad. Debt is just a choice to pay something off over time instead of upfront. Interest is then the energetic exchange for the privilege of paying it off over time. So let's chat about interest for a minute, right? Last year, I got a speeding fine. Ironically, my husband's a hoon. I'm always the one that gets a speeding fine. So I don't understand how he like doesn't get caught. Or maybe it's just the fact he's friends with all the local coppers. I don't know. Anyway, last year I got a speeding fine. And yeah, it was unexpected. And it sucked for a minute because I hate having to admit to my husband that he's the redhead. And yet I'm the one that got done for speeding. I was rushing to pick up a friend because we were headed into a networking event in the city, right? I had a big drive ahead. I didn't want to be late. I did 60 in a 50 zone and four weeks later, I got my fine in the mail. I had to sit with it. I had to accept the lesson of patience and paid the fine. 
and I vowed not to speed again, thinking I had learned my lesson. I've definitely been pinged once more for speeding in another area, which they changed the speed since I'd driven that road and I didn't not pay attention. I was on autopilot. And so I didn't realize the 60 zone was now a lot farther ahead than it was, you know, and I was still doing close to 80 in a 60 zone. Anyway, I sat with it, accepted the lesson of patience, paid the fine, told myself I wouldn't speed again. (laughs) And it turns out that speeding fine actually had another lesson to give me, right? So four months later, I'm chatting with my millionaire friend couple again, right? And he was saying he recently got a speeding penalty in the same spot too, which made me feel, of course, like, oh, thank God, it's not just me. (laughs) My default response was like, oh my God, it sucks, doesn't it? Like I've learned my lesson, but I still didn't like paying for it. And he just kind of shrugged into his latte and was like, the price of speed. I like going fast. Sometimes I can't help it. I guess this is just what I'll pay to go fast. I serious, I nearly fell off my fucking chair, right? A $400 speeding ticket felt huge to me. And yet he just saw this as like the price to go fast. And after I kind of quizzed him and recovered and said, ah, you know, the price to go fast, dude, what? I asked him about his mindset on this and he's, he's not fussed about pay on time discounts. He's not fussed about parking vines. He's not paying. He's not stressed about paying the extra to get things delivered. Like so I go down to Ikea and I pick my shit up and click and collect because it takes $160 to drop, like get it delivered to my house. And it takes me a two hour drive and maybe 50 bucks of petrol to go pick it up. Whereas his mindset as someone who owns over a million dollars a year, his mindset is, well, I'm paying $165 because that's the price, you know, that's cheaper than spending my two hours in the car. It was just this totally huge shift that I had, right? And I just, my inner broke bitch, my inner scared (laughs) broke bitch was just screaming, but that's all money you could be saving. But his attitude towards this was, it was the price of convenience and sometimes fun, Sometimes having what I want now, I'm okay with that. And these conversations helped shift things for me in such a huge way. And while I still like pay on time discounts, I still like having my bills paid on time. I'm determined not to get a parking or a speeding fine, obviously. And I would never cancel an appointment without as much warning as possible because, you know, I know what it's like to have an appointment canceled on me. The interest on a speeding fine, he saw as the price to go fast. So when it came to buying my Jeep Wrangler, my baby and my dream car, we needed to finance a portion of it. We completely own it now, but we needed back then we needed to finance a portion of it. My coach at the time, not my current coach, because she's awesome, but my coach at the time, super toxic, tried to tell me I was crazy and I was never going to be successful because for getting finance or even buying a 35,000 car in the first place, the interest, oh my God, she would exclaim with disgust, shaking her head at me. And she would try to tell me instead that I should get a, a, you know, not get a five-year loan. I should take the amount the loan would be every month and save that, keeping the car I could currently had, right? And in five years, I could buy my Jeep with cash. But it just didn't, like logically, yes, Logically, yes, that makes sense, but it just didn't feel right to me. Why wait five years when I could have it now and enjoy it over the next five years? And turns out, guys, I paid it off completely in two, right? I didn't even have the loan five years. I didn't even pay the maximum amount of interest, right? So when I added up the interest with making a few extra payments, I would have only saved $1,200 by saving for the five years instead. 
$1,200 extra in interest to have a car now instead of waiting for five years? Oh, uh, hell yeah. $1,200 was my price to go fast. And I tell you what, that is the most best well-spent $1,200 I've ever had. I love my car. I love my car so much. Before Hudson came along, it was my third baby. I love driving it, even though we looked at refinancing recently because, you know, it's a beast on fuel. I love driving it. I love being in it. I love looking at it. And my husband just reminded me, you know, Shona, just make more money. It's not hard. <laughs> Don't worry about fuel and economy and liters per hundred. Just go make more money. It's not complicated. This car was my dream car since I was 15. And I saw the movie Clueless for the first time. And no amount of interest or other people projecting their debt shame onto me could make me feel bad about it. That's another point I need to share with you, okay? Um, let me think how to word this. Every single person has their life priorities, right? Their life priorities, their experiences, their values, and their goals. No two people are the same. And yet the world wants to split everything down the middle and go, these are your wants and these are your needs, or these are good things to spend your money on and these are bad things to spend your money on. This is something I teach on abundant as fuck in every single week, right? It's total bullshit. Some people live to travel and see new places. So using an interest-free holiday loan is more of a priority to them than clearing off student debt. Some people value private schooling. So they will not get the BMW to make sure their kids get the classes they need to reach their goal and get into law school. That's totally fine. Some people are completely different. Some people are insecure about a part of their body. They hate it. It affects their self-esteem, confidence, and dating life. So they use a credit card to get the surgery that they've been hoping for and an entirely new world opens up to them. But they don't care about travel and they don't care about private schooling. So what I'm... What I'm trying to say in a roundabout, I've been rambling for way too long way, is that there is no right or wrong way to spend your life and money. Your priorities are yours alone. And once you can finally stand up and own them, no one else can shame you or project their choices onto you. In a nutshell, it's what I tell my daughter when she wants blonde hair instead of her gorgeous auburn locks. It'd be really fucking boring if everyone were the same. Don't be afraid to own who you are and be different. Reminder again, last mic drop moment before I close out this episode. Debt is not good or bad. Debt is just the choice to pay something off over time instead of upfront. I'll see you guys in the next episode. I can't wait to hear your feedback on this one. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Mums Manifesting Wealth podcast series by Shani Gates and Team Sexy Selfish. Please leave a like, comment, review and share and don't forget to subscribe. The more you share, the more people we can impact and the more awesome free content I can create for you all. If you're wondering where to go next or have some feedback for this episode, you can hit me up on Instagram at sexy underscore selfish or visit our website www.sexyselfish.com we've got heaps of freebies there for you guys to check out as well thank you so much for listening have an amazing day